Hello, Les Raymond here with the Mindful Movement. Whether you are about to enjoy one of Sarah's beautiful meditations or dive into a podcast interview, I would like to remind our community that the best way to support the Mindful Movement is to support the companies that make this happen. Sarah and I are very picky about the companies we choose to work with, and we are grateful to have the relationships we have and to share them with our listeners. You can learn more about our affiliates through our website by clicking on the Favorites tab. We are excited to have recently added Sunlighten as an affiliate. They make state-of-the-art infrared saunas, and their founder, Connie, came on for a recent interview if you would like to listen. Our Sunlighten sauna has been a family favorite for over a decade. Some of our most popular affiliates are the grounding mats from Ultimate Longevity, which we sleep on every night, and the Apollo Neuro, which Sarah is now wearing daily to help manage stress. When you support these brands, you in turn are supporting the mindful movement and helping Sarah and I continue to devote our time to this passion. Whether you check out these companies or not, I just want to say thanks again and reiterate how grateful Sarah and I both are for all of the support over the years. I hope you enjoy the episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for joining me on the Mindful Movement Podcast. This is Les Raymond. It's been a while since I've done a solo episode, and it's been brewing in me, I guess. It's interesting. I noticed my daughter is very skilled at unloading thoughts onto paper to create space in her mind. She has a committed practice. It might look like pulling into the driveway, coming from work or school, and not getting out of the car for 15 minutes because she's doing a brain dump in the notes app on her phone. (laughs) I know that if I don't get stuff out of my mind, it just rattles around. Maybe this idea resonates with some of you. Bouncing around, thought cycles, positive ones, negative ones, neutral ones. Probably I'm biased to the negative ones, bouncing around a little more. A little more persistently. And I guess for me, I don't know if it's a lack of interest, drive, discipline. I find it hard to sit down and write it all down. Yet, speaking it seems to serve a purpose. Taking it from the inside of the body to the outside. The microphone, I guess, is a form of, I wonder how many people out there share that. Maybe that's just uh, related to like different learning styles. (sighs) So, Um, I wanted to get some of the thoughts I've been rattling around out. I had mentioned about a year ago in a video about a profound experience I had while camping solo for six days in the woods. And I had mentioned I would follow up shortly to detail the experience. I found it very healing and beneficial and challenging. And a few people have asked me to follow up. It's been a while since they asked. It's probably been forgotten now. But I I do realize I haven't really detailed that. And I would like to for myself, for my own selfish reasons, to get it out of the inside. And also in hopes that 
it resonates with a listener and maybe help somebody navigate through something that they're experiencing. I was camping because my son, I did this the prior year, so last year was the second time. I was camping in the middle of Pennsylvania, about three and a half hours from where we live. My son, who is an avid skateboarder, went to a skateboard camp. And I was a little concerned about being a three and a half hour drive away at a skateboard from a skateboard camp where there's like 30 foot tall ramps. <laughs> so as a parent, you know, it's you re- recognize that your child's uh, love of this sport is important and it's freaking dangerous. And this place is like a wonderland for skateboarders. I mean, it's a really impressive uh, place they've created. It's called Woodward. Some of you may have heard of it. So in the middle of Pennsylvania, probably around a half hour from Penn State, there's this really nice, well-equipped place where skateboarders and BMX riders, and I think gymnasts also, can go and experience these great camp opportunities and meet others in their age group from around the country that have similar interests. And one thing that Sarah and I have always valued is our kids' experiences. So when we allocate our resources, we really have always prioritized health-related things and experience-related things in regards to our kids, like extracurricular stuff. We always wanted to nourish a healthy relationship with the act of learning. And, you know, this definitely fits in that category. And so my son would go, and I didn't want to be three and a half hours away for six days. The camp was six days long. So a couple years ago, I found that there was a campground about 15 minutes from his camp. And I had never camped by myself. And I never camped for more than a night or two. So six nights by myself was something very novel and intimidating. And I wanted to do something novel and intimidating, something difficult, something challenging. So I did it. And that way, if something happened where there was a broken leg incident, I was only 15 minutes away. I can go scoop them up be there for him, take him home early if needed, whatever. And in the meantime, I got to go through my own growing experience. So I did this two years ago. It was really hard, like counting the time till it was over. You know, playing all these mental games of what percentage through the six days I was. Uh, You know, when it's just you, a picnic table, a fire ring, a hammock, and a chair, you know, you're really alone with your thoughts and terrible cell signal. So couldn't just, you know, skip through time by binging on content and escaping. Definitely faced with your own thoughts. So the next year, which was last year, he wanted to go again. So I went and did the same thing. Same campground. And... I remember, um, so one day on that camp trip, I decided to take a little bit of cannabis oil. 
Now, I'm a big fan of cannabis. I think it's a very fascinating plant and can be used as a tool to really enhance life in many aspects. It could help build deeper connections with oneself, with nature, with others. It can hold a mirror up for you and show you maybe the things about you that you feel you want to work on. It could help you peel layers off and just go deeper within. And it can also, with the right dose, force you to peer into that mirror and strip those layers off to expose maybe something you need to see, maybe something you've been hiding from yourself. Now, I'm a lightweight when it comes to cannabis. I don't necessarily use it to just party or whatever and see how high I can get stoned. I don't really like being stoned. But in very small doses, I feel like it could bring out a little more beauty in life and help not reduce suffering, but alter your relationship with suffering so that you can see things in a more positive light. Like maybe take a once negative experience or an experience you labeled as negative and help you shine gratitude on it for the lesson you learned from it. Something something like that. I find that the plant can help you do those things, or at least it helps me do those things. So one day on this camping trip, I take a little bit. And this stuff, I take this oil. It's super dense and sticky and really hard to portion. It comes in this little like syringe tube. For those that are familiar, it's called RSO. It's very potent. So I take a very tiny amount. And because the amount's so tiny, little changes could be large percentage changes. And for some reason, that day, it was as if I subconsciously just took a little bit more. As if there was something inside of me that wanted to. Even though I would never do that. Like, I'm pretty... OCD about staying small in my dosing because I'm I'm a little scared of having like too much too much of an experience too intense it provokes anxiety for me if it's too much and I also have a history of just having some general anxiety from being like far from home so I'm in a campground far from home Far from hospitals, far from like dense civilization. And that in itself is enough to get me sometimes a little on edge. And I don't know if that is a feature or a bug in my mind. <laughs> like maybe that helps me stay safe. And, um, you know, maybe it doesn't help me so much. So this day I take some, and in hindsight, I think it was around two to three times of my normal dose, which might sound like, that's crazy. How could you take so much more than you're used to? But it's not like you're swallowing a pill. This stuff comes out of a syringe, and my usual dose is about one-fifth or maybe one-fourth the size of a grain of rice. So imagine a grain of rice on your fingertip. Cut that in half. And then cut that in half again. 
it's a very small amount. So like it's hard to just control how this goo squirts out of the the syringe. And you just like put it in your mouth, rub it on your gums, let it like mix with your saliva, and then eventually it gets swallowed and about an hour or two later it will take effect. And so I take it and in the back of my mind I know like I think I I think I might have just taken more. Like I think I might have just taken too much of this. And it's too late to do anything about it. And I'm like, eh, it's no big deal. I didn't think much of it. And I like went on with my day. And my day during these camping trips really revolved around a little reading and walking in circles around the campground. And, um, you know, a lot of attention to my food. I do enjoy cooking at a campsite and like navigating and negotiating the limited resources you have between the cooking utensils and stuff because you're trying to travel light and bringing all my food for a week in a cooler and managing the uh like the packaging of that and the arrangement and how to work with very few ingredients and i love cooking and i just love i noticed that when you take when you reduce your parameters when you have fewer options it encourages more creativity <laughs> Like, how do you make the most out of just a few simple ingredients? And I, I love those kind of puzzles. So I don't think much of it. I go on with my day. And then I start to feel it come on. And it doesn't take long before I'm like, whoa, this is, this is more, this is bigger. This is more than I'm used to. And I was a, just starting to take a walk. So I was leaving my campsite where my tent is, and I I noticed like my breathing changing and just a lot of sensation. So just like a sensation of intensity building in my mind and body. And I go to the bathroom and I like I I like splash some water on my face and I look in the mirror and I realize um, like I'm in for a ride. Like I'm in, there's no turning back. I'm in for something. I don't know what it is, but I realized I got myself into a situation. I have nobody with me. I'm far from home and I feel fear growing. I remember looking in the mirror in the bathhouse of the campground and trying to calm myself down. And for a moment before I walked out, I'm in the mirror saying something along the lines of, you're okay. You're okay. Looking in my eyes in the mirror. And then for some reason, the words, I love you, come out of my mouth. Looking at myself in the mirror in a grimy bathhouse, in a campground, in the middle of nowhere. What seems to be in the middle of nowhere for me. And the words, I love you, come out. It was, in hindsight, it was almost as if I was telling myself something I knew I was going to need to hear soon. Like there was... I didn't think about saying those words. <clears throat> those words came out as if something inside me 
knew that I needed to hear it, as if it was just spewing from my subconscious. Very strange. I step out of the bathroom and I start to continue my walk that I was going to go on. And the sensation builds in my body so intensely, I'm starting to feel a little panic and a little weak need. I turn around and I just go get in my tent. I have trouble standing at this point. And in my tent, I have the four-person tent. It was just me. So it was a sizable tent for one person. Now, when they say four-person tent, it's really like three comfortably, maybe two comfortably. Tents are just made that way, it seems. Or maybe that's because I'm not a small person. But half of the tent has like my sleeping quarters. And then the other half, I have like a yoga mat. So I have space for like a foam roller and just um, to like have some space to either get dressed or roll around on the floor a little bit on the ground. So I, I get down on the foam roller and I'm laying on it facing up. So it's on my tailbone to spine, often like my first, my go-to first position when I use a foam roller. And I just start rocking side to side. And this sensation is just building and building. It's strong. I'm starting to get scared. I'm starting to think about how far I am from a hospital, from my family. I'm starting to think about trying to call for help. And I have a history of panic attacks. I went through a few years in my early 30s. I'm 45 now on this recording. My early 30s where I had a lot of kind of I had the chronic panic attacks. And um, I feel that coming on. And then I remember some of the lessons I've learned from other people about like psychedelic use and how you, you can't fight it. You, you have you have to submit you have to surrender and that was really important for me to remember in that moment and I remember thinking okay I surrender what do you what are you here to teach me I remember thinking that line as if I was speaking to the cannabis gods what are you here to teach me Shortly after, I turn over and I roll on a very common spot on my body, my left hip. Now, I have a long history of just chronic tension around my left hip. I've had all kinds of personal uh, physical therapists, and chiropractors, and massage therapists work on this area, and I've never had anything more but very temporary relief no real change. And I start rolling on the front of my left hip on the foam roller. So I'm perpendicular to the foam roller. It's across my hips. And I have my right knee bent, so my right shin is on the roller. I kind of have my forearms on, my gr- on the ground, facing down. And most of my weight is putting my left hip on the foam roller. And my body breaks open. I don't know how to explain it any better. I start convulsing 
like a seizure-like shake of my body. My eyes start purging like I have never experienced. I have never experienced this type of cry. I've cried many a times. Sad things, happy things. I like to cry. It doesn't happen often, but anytime it does, I'm typically glad that I did. But I've never witnessed or experienced crying of this nature. It was like projectile crying. Like I was going to sprain a tear duct or something from overuse. And it wasn't like an act of crying, like I'm crying. It was like I was being cried. Like crying was just happening. I wasn't thinking about something that made me cry and then I cried. I was being cried. There was a yoga mat that the foam roller was on. I remember the look of the puddle on the mat as I gazed down. I don't think I'd ever seen a puddle of tears. I shook with my hip on this foam roller for what seemed to be several minutes. And maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was a half a minute and it just felt like longer. And then I broke. It was as if I cracked my body in half over this roller and then lay spent. So I shook for what seemed to be minutes and then turned into like jello. Like I couldn't flex a muscle in my body. Just laid over the roller, on the mat, my face lying in a puddle of tears. I remember during that shake, just fast tracking through my history, going deep into my childhood, just seeing younger and younger versions of me and thinking about those words, I love you. When I was in the bathroom before this experience, something in me knew what I needed to hear. So crazy. I was shaking. I was seeing me. I don't know. I guess you can call that inner child. And I was telling myself what I needed to hear. What a wild experience. And then, after several minutes, I peeled myself up out of the, the puddle I had created. And I, I felt like a different person. I felt like a demon that was like stuck in my body, residing in my left hip, had got out. The strangest thing was that the chronic tension as experienced as muscle tightness, range of motion, restriction, just general all-round tension was gone. I mean, this was freaky. Now, I am, if you've paid attention, I'm into like moving, movement, strength, mobility, flexibility, yoga, like I do it all like it. 
I'm pretty familiar with my body. I stretch regularly. I know how stretching my right leg feels different than my left. It's very rare I get any kind of surprise. These things change, but they change very slowly. And it was like I had a different left leg, like like a leg transplant. It was weird. I would fold over my legs like in a stretch position with my legs either in front of me or out to the sides in the straddle. And I had this ease of movement. Like I just felt my hip bone, my thigh bone like roll around in the hip socket freely. Like so strange. Like how can the body change like that just from an emotional thing? And I know I've heard all the stories. I've heard the the concepts around, you know, the body keeps a store, keeps a score. I'm sorry. Um, you know, I've done plenty of learning about trauma and its role in our, and how it can affect their physiology, emotional and mental stuff. I believe it. I've experienced it in small doses, but nothing like this. I mean, you don't just in a matter of a few minutes get a whole new leg. It was, it was amazing. And I, I like embraced it and I took advantage and I like did all my favorite stretches and like compared and I was like, wow, this is amazing. Look how I move. Look, I feel like I feel so different. I feel so good. And then, um, it took me a while to get out of that tent. It took me a while before I felt like I could safely sit up. So I went through, I had at this point, I was still like, on the verge of panic, like I was shooken up from it. The whole experience, I was very uh, shooken, like my nervous system was very tender, like sensitive. So I just laid on the ground and I, I started to think about all the stuff I've learned about trauma and the polyvagal theory. And I started to tap into the tools that I've practiced, I've used, I've worked into my daily routines, my meditation processes, but I rarely think I've used them because I freaking absolutely needed to in that moment and I had no choice. It was either use it or face a real problem of a full-fledged panic attack when you're far from help. So I, I like leaned on these things, slowing my breath. A lot of humming. I remember laying on my back. I didn't have the uh, energy to like be in any other position. Laying on my back, I putting my arms and my legs up and shaking. Like I knew the value of shaking. I've learned it from professionals. But uh, I didn't have the strength to like get my torso off the ground <laughs> or my hips and shake my body. So I just put my my limbs, I was like, I was laying in a dead bug position with my four limbs just facing north and, and just like wiggling them. And I would wiggle for like, ten, I could only do it for maybe 10 seconds and then I would stop. And I, every like minute or so, I would do another 10 or 15 seconds of wiggle. And I did that for several minutes. And that, that really helped. And it, I did this going through all my strategies for like a couple hours. I felt like I really didn't have any options and just thinking about like what just transpired and what happened and all the stuff from my childhood that I guess I've been 
stashing away, hiding from myself, and some of it from not-so-childhood, some even my adult years, things that I held a lot of shame around, um, embarrassment, you know, very, like, low-frequency emotions, the stuff that can really haunt you, which I know I still deal with some of that stuff, but I felt like I peeled a bunch of that stuff, like I... I ripped a lot of that stuff out of my body from the inside. Not that it wasn't there, but now it wasn't stuck inside me anymore. I got it out. And I felt the medicinal value of that. And I remember thinking how grateful I was for not just, you know, the the medicine, the plant medicine that allowed this door to open, but even like my unintentional digestion, so-called unintentional digestion of a little bit too much to spur such an event. I remember finally peeling myself up to like a kneeling position. And it was the first time I had like an overall view of the tent space I was in. And I was just looking at it. And I was looking at it like I was observing the crime scene. Or almost like, it was almost like, wow, what just happened in this sp- in this space? And I was looking at it and I was a couple hours removed from being on that foam roller, feeling my, my body emotionally break open and looking at that space and seeing remnants of the puddle which had started to dry and evaporate and looking at my bedding space where I had just laid for the last couple hours trying to soothe myself and looking at it it's in in its like totality as i rose a little taller up on my knees you can't comfortably stand up in this tent and i was just like being in a tall kneeling position looking at the space and i remember thinking to myself don't ever forget <laughs> oh excuse me don't ever forget what took place here today. Don't ever forget this. Remember what this looks like. And I wanted to be able to tap in, in the future, to that experience and remember the progress and remember the good things that came out of it. I want to never forget it. I know that at that time, I knew that there would be a time in the future that I would have to tap into this, to remember it. And sure enough, there has been times. I'm coming up on the one-year anniversary of that day. There has been times this past year where I've had to go to a, a place, not the same place, but like tapping into a place that resembles it, like tapping into the second cousin of that experience <laughs> where like I just had to put myself, like remember how good you felt, like remember what you took, how you took care of yourself that day. Remember how you grew that day. You don't have to give that back. Like you still own that growth. That took place. And I looked at this like a, like this was the place where it went down in gratitude. I haven't really shared the details of this experience to anyone in my life, just kind of a very surface level, like the three, four minute version to a couple people, Sarah being one. And um, 
but I've never said these details out loud. And it feels good, and I appreciate the support out there. I feel like I have a safe space with the Mindful Movement audience to share these things. Something that was just, I guess, ironic following that. So I was out in the campground for six days, and there wasn't much to do. And I went into the nearest town. Um, I actually went there the day before this went down. And, uh, and I saw like a poster on the wall and I forget what it, what the name of the event was, but it was something along the lines of like events on 45. And it was referring to like route 45. That was like the nearest major road that, you know, went across the state or something. And there was a thing that happened to be that week where every day there was like a different event taking place like a community event like one was like a farmer's market and one was some you know event at a restaurant and um and i remember seeing it and i went on my phone i went and i found the website of the event and it turns out that there was a farm tour of this really old farm like a couple hundred year old and it was like a half hour away from the campground and i decided the following day, like this day I was done for Like I was so physically and emotionally and mentally spent from the experience in that tent. There was no like doing anything, um, just passing time until, you know, the night, that night, so I can get a good night's sleep and kind of recover. But the next day I went to this event, this farm tour, and it was this beautiful farm where we saw these like heirloom fruit trees and this sculpture garden intertwined with like an arboretum. It was breathtaking. And the tour was over. It was like, I don't know, maybe an hour tour, like this free event. Maybe a dozen other people showed up. And somebody had mentioned, what a, we were like ready to walk to our cars in the parking lot. Somebody had mentioned like, what about the labyrinth? And the person running the tour that worked at the farm was like, oh, do you guys want to see the labyrinth? And I had like heard that word. I didn't even really know what it was. And most of the people that were on the tour were like, yeah, and some of them left. But most of them were like, yeah, we'll stick around. Like, I want to see more. So I stuck around. And this gentleman walked us down this uh, gravel road, like deep into the, the property of the farm. And on the walk was kind of describing what the labyrinth was and apparently there was this doctor that owned the farm a long time ago and they built this labyrinth for him where he could walk in and it's, it's kind of like a this one was it, it almost looks like a maze but it was kind of like a spiral in the woods this walking path that kind of circled in on itself and then eventually there was like a bench in the middle of this spiral and the idea is like you walk in slowly and it's like a meditative experience where you walk in and you think about like your past stuff and then you sit and you contemplate and then you walk out of it thinking about like the future, like where do you want to go from here? And when he's describing this on the walk to this wooded area, I thought that was really crazy given the experience that I just had the day before where I kind of went into the younger me through my mind. 
and processed and just negotiated emotions and what have you. And I thought, man, that's just like too much of a coincidence for me. <laughs> so we get to the actual uh, space, this labyrinth in the woods, and it was cool. I mean, it was right up my alley. I mean, if you watch any of my videos, you see I'm often in the woods in my backyard. So like I created a trail in the woods in my backyard. And that's like my, that's my meditation space. That's my sanctuary, you know, for like moving, sitting meditations. I just love being in nature. So I see this space and this was built like over a hundred years earlier. And, and I did it. And there were a few of us that went through it and you just like walked slowly. And I was, it was an opportunity to revisit the events of the day before, like not just the whole event, but the details of what was going through my mind when I was like shaking and shuddering and crying, like all the thoughts I had about my past and all the child versions of myself that I went through. When I say child versions, like different ages, I mean, like this event from the stage that made me feel embarrassed and this event that I felt ashamed about or whatever. So on the walk in, which is, this is probably like a three minute walk. I kind of went through those things, all the ones that I could remember. And then you get to the middle and you sit on this bench and you like contemplate. And then you get up and I walked out and I thought about like what I wanted to get out of this and like forward from here. Like, how do I, how does this experience serve me, my awakening my growth, whatever. Like, how do I want this to change how I interact with the people in my life? How do I look at my son and my daughter uh, more lovingly from what I've experienced here? How do I want to show up in the world? And that was really cool. Like, what are the chances? You know, this... So now I'm like, this is day like three or four in this camping trip. I've... You know, I have this kind of life shuddering experience by myself. And then I get this like part two to like almost patch it up and like tidy up the experience. Like I went through this mayhem of my mind and I got this opportunity to in this beautiful setting and the support of these beautiful strangers I had just met. And I got this chance to like uh, tidy up the edges. Like, okay, this is what happened to you yesterday. And this is how it went. And, you know, look, you're here to, you know, alive, you survived to tell the tale. Um, and like, let's start to frame this and hold space for this experience in your mind, um, in a way that works. Like, let's package this stuff up and put it in your pocket. As like, you know, something in your back, another tool in your back pocket to lean on when needed. Which turns out, over the last year, there's been a few times that have, have needed it. And on the next podcast, I would like to talk about some of those things that have come up in the last year where I have needed it. And they pertain to my father. I have mentioned, I did a, I remember I did a podcast with that EM, with the EMDR specialist and she kind of therapized me <laughs> in the middle of the episode if you've watched where um 
Yeah, she she unexpectedly had me back on my doorstep as a four-year-old the day my dad was leaving. You know, being a confused child, watching the moment that my parents split up, essentially. You know, suitcase in hand, not understanding what's going on. And uh, my dad's relationship, my relationship with him has really been constrained over the last year and a half in a different way, on a different level than it has been. And just recently, two weeks ago, we started to contact each other and had a therapy session with a, with just a very sweet, seemed to be loving man that we just met in this session. And actually, uh, as I'm saying this, two days ago, I had, we had the second session. So the time apart... Um, definitely brewed some things in me that I found it very valuable to lean on that experience at that campground. And it's interesting that we can do that as humans. Like, what an interesting thing that we can do to be at a tough time and say to ourselves, oh, remember this other tough time? You remember what you did? Remember how you felt? Remember what arose that day? And I'm glad that day in the tent that I I told myself, don't ever forget this. Because it like helps me keep that in my mind. Like, don't forget, it's on your to-do list to not forget that day. (laughs) It's wild. So, uh, you know, this is already, I think, 45 minutes in. So I don't want to detail the events over the last year, but... Um, I want to do more of these. I think they're helpful for me. I think they can be helpful for others. I hope they are. So I'm going to do another one soon. I'm going to try to record more regularly. And um, and the next one, my plan is to detail some of the aspects and the growth that I've um, navigated in regards to my relationship with my father. I don't think I'm alone there. Like just the fact that I think more than half of marriages end in divorce. I know that I'm not alone. I know that there are people out there that experience life a certain way. And it's affected by the things that arise inside of us when our parents split up. And many of us probably are not aware that they that it is affecting us. And I want to shine light on that. If I uh, have the ability to shine light on that and help folks, um, I feel like that's a gift that I could give. That's service um, that I could be proud of. So I am going to explore that. And I hope uh, you you guys get something out of it. And if there's anything in particular that you want to ask me about this experience... um, then please send a message my way. I think maybe the best way is just an email um, through the contact form or something on our website, themindfulmovement.com. I want to thank you for support that we get, Sarah and I get from the audience. And I want to thank you for being a community that I feel like I could say these things out loud. It, It really means a lot. And, of course, I want to thank you for just tuning in and listening to this spiel. Um, 
I know your time is valuable. And if you're still listening, you've offered a gift of your time. Almost 50 minutes of it. So thanks. And I hope y'all have a terrific day.